Welcome back to season three of the Silver Bullet Saga. This is episode one. I'm your host, Ryan Vonderhaar. Joined with me, as always, uh, this time virtually, as it is most times. But it's so funny thinking back uh, a year ago, we were just learning what Zoom was, and now we are all too well acquainted. But with me today, virtually in mind, not in body, but in spirit, my co-host, Adam. How, Adam, how are you? Happy to be here, Ryan. This year has been, uh, well, I was going to make some kind of weird joke about how normal it was, but it hasn't been. And uh, about a month ago, I didn't think Big Ten football was going to happen at all, along with Ohio State football. Um, with all that said, I'm very happy to be here as we look at uh, our season opener straight into Big Ten conference play. <laughs> only a few days away. It's, you seem a little dilapidated. You're not really bringing the juice. We're just a couple of days away from game one, Adam. I know. No, I am excited. <laughs> no doubt. One thing is for sure. Th- th- there, there may be some folks out there that, you know, are, that were excited or for the Big Ten season and then weren't and then were and then weren't and then are again. But I know even more than that, all the, the starving folks at home are out there just wanting and wavering for more Silver Bullet Saga episodes. So really the benefit of the Big Ten being back is that the Silver Bullet Saga podcast is now back, uh, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. As the great Michael Scott once said, snip, snap, snip, snap, and oh, how the turntables. We're happy to be here. Perfect. Thank you, Adam. And that brings us into our first topic. What an offseason this has been. Uh, you know, we rewind the clocks back into the midsummer, and folks during the pandemic were thinking, you know what, we'll we'll cancel baseball, even though you and I were pretty excited then for an for a new unprecedented Reds team. But we were okay with canceling baseball. We were okay with postponing the NHL, all in the hopes that we were going to have an unencumbered NCAA college football season. But aghast, the Big Ten decides to make um, to to try and to try and put a precedent forward to try and be you know the legend and leader of the power five conferences by not delaying not postpone not i don't want to say not postponing but not delaying by a few weeks but essentially canceling the fall football season back there at the beginning of august uh kevin warren the commissioner of the big 10 coming out saying that no nothing's canceled but it's been pushed back we're postponing the season until the spring uh what ensued after that were weeks of social media viciousness i would say on on uh, both sides or not viciousness probably is not the right word for the folks who wanted you know football to be back maybe it was more higher holier than now attitudes coming from several college football personalities that were upset uh with the way fans wanted there to be big 10 football uh several of those you know personalities were voicing you know this is the safe decision football is not a necessary thing we're trying to keep people safe but in the other side of their mouth uh, getting excited to cover the SEC and ACC this season. Um, what, what, are, what are kind of your general thoughts on the postponement of the Big Ten football season? Um, I think you, you said it best, and I think their intentions were pure. They came out and they said, you know, we're, we're going to postpone uh, because it's not safe to play. And I think their, their thinking was, you know, the Big Ten – is right there with the ACC as uh, one of the most powerful. Yeah, most powerful conferences, you know, in the Power Five. And I definitely agree with what oh, you were saying. Too. Well, yeah, you cut out there for a second. I, I, I think I kind of understand what your, what your thoughts were. The Big Ten was hoping that the other conferences would follow suit. 
and trying to keep the uh, the rest of the the rest of the nation safe from college football being the spread of uh, the coronavirus. But in the end, uh, kind of the the initial request slash you know some some great protests and and kind of just some examples of support um, from the parents of the Big Ten football players as well as you know many you know countless other individuals on social media. Uh, we, we come to find out, you know, we get into the middle of September and things are really starting to amp up as far as, you know, folks really getting excited about the season, um, you know, potentially coming back as they're seeing successful football being played, uh, along with the other conferences. It was really interesting to see kind of all that commotion, um, you know, keep pushing and pushing and, and, and really get excited, um, and then eventually in the end, you know, we get the release from the Big Ten that they've reversed their reversed decision uh, and decided that there will be a Big Ten football. And finally on that date, after we'd gone through, I believe this was the third published schedule, um, you know, we, we finally find out that this is going to be the opening weekend of college football. And I don't think anybody could be much more excited. No, absolutely. Um I think the interesting thing is you could put it best into a Drake meme uh, from the hotline being uh, ring uh, music video. And the, the first slide would be um, trying to squeeze, you know, 12 games into 16 weeks and Drake would say, nah, nah, not interested. Well, how about trying to squeeze nine games into 10 weeks? That's the one, that's the way to do it. And that's where we found ourselves uh, looking at the season today. And because we are, you know, here at the Silver Bullet Saga, we are a positive podcast. I think that that's all we're going to talk about as far as any postponement goes, unless it has to do with any type of game strategy that we get into this season. Uh, we're, we're here to look forward, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to get along with, you know, uh, what, what the season's going to look like. Ohio State especially has some pretty high aspirations as far as, you know, what, what they think is attainable within this season. Um, but kind of, I'd love to talk a little bit about some season predictions for the Big Ten before we get into directly Ohio State. Adam, I'm going to give you a couple different um, pieces of information here. And I'd love to hear by the end of it, uh, you to pick a couple winners. So uh, coming out of the East for the Big Ten division, Ohio State opens up the season with uh, minus 450 odds. So that means you'd have to bet $450 in order to make $100 if you were choosing Ohio State to win the Big Ten East division. Uh, you know, a couple other notable bets on that would be, you know, Michigan's plus 400. They're the next highest odds and then followed by Penn State. Um, the funny one on there being you could get Rutgers at plus, I believe that is 10,000. So if you bet $100, you would win $10,000, which, you know, pretty good turnaround. I don't think we're going to see that out of Greg Schiano, uh this year. But Adam, if you're going to pick a Big Ten East divisional winner, uh, why don't you just spell out your top three for us as a prediction? For the Big Ten East division, mm -hmm. I would say, I mean, we're going to assume Ohio State as the heavy favorite. You read the lines yourself. If it wasn't Ohio State, you you want it like you want it one two three or do yes, you want one two three? How the how they finish out? I At would say, okay, Ohio State in the one slot, and then, hmm, I'm going to say Penn State gets second place, but then. The third one's interesting. I, I, I think a lot of people would say Michigan um, is right there to have it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Indiana sneaks in there this year. It's, it's a weird year already. 
um, they, 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 I just got a sneaking suspicion they're going to get one on one of these top programs this year. I think they're going to beat Michigan State, and then it comes down to can they get one against Michigan or Penn State? And I think the answer is yes. I think they're going to sneak one in against them. This is the year for it. So I would put them. I'm going to say this is my wild prediction: is Ohio State one, then Penn State, and then Indiana third. Indiana, the Fighting Hoosiers, placing third in Adam's Big Ten East predictions. Mine is going to be pretty similar to that, but I think I'm actually I, I I like what you're doing with Indiana there. They're plus 4,500 to be the Big Ten East divisional winner. Uh, but I, I think I'm just just with this season, I, I'm going to need to call my bet uh, based on stars. And with stars and recruiting, it's it's going to be Ohio State one. Penn State too, because I like the shape of their program a little more and a little. I like, I like uh, James Franklin when it comes to being a motivator above Jim Harbaugh in what is a season necessary of motivation. So I like Ohio State one, Penn State two, Michigan three, uh, for the for the the final Big Ten East standings. And with that, Michigan you, fans, you should be excited. Those many of you, hundreds of you listening at home, uh, you'll I believe have your third or fourth. Uh, share of third place in the Big Ten East since Jim Harbaugh has taken over the program. So give yourselves a pat on the back. I hope that's what you get out of it. I think the ceiling for you all is second, and the floor is just above Rutgers in Maryland. So uh, get excited for this season. Adam, we're going to shape it on the other side of the conference. Um, the Big Ten West. Okay, so in the Big Ten West, you've got your obvious uh, kind of perennial top favorite of the last decade is in Wisconsin. They're ranked number 15th coming into this week. Uh, nationally without playing a game to finish first in the big 10 West Wisconsin is coming in at plus 150. That's the favorite Uh, just behind them. uh, You're getting similar odds, both plus actually the same odds on Iowa and Minnesota Uh, just behind Iowa and Minnesota. You have Nebraska and then a big leap between Nebraska and the bottom three uh, with the worst odds to win Illinois and Purdue and Northwestern that are all, they're all pretty much interchangeable with what Vegas thinks they're going to be doing. Why don't you give me a top three for the big 10 West? Well, I'd say year in and year out, Wisconsin's been a perennial favorite um, in the West to show up and lose to Ohio state in the championship. I think that's a pretty safe bet this year as well. The only thing is, I don't know. I think Scott Frost has had a few years there at Nebraska. I think they've got a decent shot. I know they're going to be up to a tough start after this Saturday, but um, I think I think they're going to recover, and I think they're going to surprise some people. So I'll put them right at two, and then probably Minnesota third. And I think those two are probably interchangeable, but Wisconsin, Nebraska, then Minnesota. I like it, but I'm flipping the script on you this time. I am taking your fighting Gophers uh, over there, the Golden Gophers at Minnesota, to win the Big Ten West. P.J. Fleck coming out strong and I believe, what is his third season at the helm. Uh, Minnesota one, Wisconsin two, and Nebraska three in the Big Ten West. Uh, we're gonna. I think we, on, on another episode when we have a bit of a down week, I'd love to go through kind of our predictions for the way the season ends. This year we have the exciting finish uh, at the Big Ten Championship, where all of the ones from in twos, threes, fours, fives, sixes, and sevens in each division are going to be matched up to play each other. Uh, we're probably going to do an episode just previewing those matchups, but I'm really excited to see what that is going to look like. But anyway. Uh, exciting season of Big Ten football ahead of us, starting with this weekend. Um, love to get into a little bit of prep for the Nebraska game before we uh, break down a couple of the other games this weekend. But a pretty favorable schedule for Ohio State as we um, 
you know, as we're rounding, what's crazy to say, you know, here in the third week of October, we're about to open up Big Ten play uh, for Ohio State. A um, couple of off-season storylines, and Adam, I'd love for you to pick up on anything you'd like to talk about. But Justin Fields, um, pretty cool thing this week coming out of practice. Uh, they did their annual 40 time, how fast or who's the fastest player on the team on the 40-yard dash. Justin Fields actually came out and clocked in as the winner this year um, with a, a right at a 4-3, I believe it was reported. Um, pr- you know, pretty 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 good. That's what, uh, what, that's kind of what you want to see out of your quarterback. What, what, what do you say, Adam? I, I am excited about it. I just say uh, hopefully we can save his legs until we re- really truly need it. Um, just because I think the wide receivers we have on deck are going to be that elite. Uh, I just, you know, we saw what a what a uh, potentially injured Justin Fields looked like last year, and I don't really want to go through that again. So as little as we can uh, make him run, I'd say the better. And that kind of goes into, uh, the you know, this, this season, I think, especially here at the beginning, we're going to be talking about the strengths, you know, on Ohio – when we're talking about strengths on Ohio State's team, we're really talking about the offense uh, for the most part because – we have so many strong folks coming back. Uh, you know, number one, you know, <laughs> number one through five of, of those folks, obviously most important player is going to be Justin Fields this year, but who's going to protect the most important player, right? It's like your house. Well, how do you protect your house? You're going to need some kind of insurance, right? So what, what's that going to be? This year, the offensive line is definitely a strong point uh, on this Buckeye team. Wyatt Davis, you know, snip snap, Michael Scott way back when, um, deciding that he was going to declare for the NFL and then after the Big Ten decision comes out, decides he's going to opt back in if the Big Ten will allow him to, and they have. Uh, Adam, kind of talk about this veteran offensive line and what that means to protecting Justin Fields. Yeah, we've got um, three uh, NFL prospects here that are returning starters. Uh, If I can just pull the depth chart up here for a second. Let's see, offense, tackles. Yeah, Thayer Munford, these are names that we've heard like uh, the previous season, Josh Myers, um, Wyatt Davis, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. These are all names anybody who followed the team last year would have heard a lot. And I think this is really what gives us an edge as long as, you know, they're all in condition to play. I don't see any team in the Big Ten really putting up. Yeah, really putting up that big of a fight against this offensive line. Is that what you were going to say? Each position. And I think this is really – probably what's going to shine it's going to establish a pretty dominant run game yeah so that was a big thing I wanted to talk about was just kind of the the value in having this super veteran offensive line obviously you mentioned Nicholas Petit Ferrer I uh, believed he was named as a starter this week but you know all, all kinds of talent up and down that line and I think it's going to be a shining point um, Greg Straduda I don't know how to really say his last name but our offensive line coach said uh, that going into this season, it was as excited as he's been uh, for a group of offensive linemen. And that it really, with the value that he has, you know, not only with the starters, but with the twos and threes guys, uh, he's going to be able to rotate folks in. And especially in this year of the pandemic, when you're not exactly who's get, sure who's going to be available week to week, that is value that you really can't, you know, un, you, you really can't overstate how much that means to a team like this. So definitely excited about the offensive line. And, and with that, we talked about Justin Fields' legs. Number one, Justin Fields is now a vegan. Adam, do you think that that uh, kind of played into him being a little bit faster this year? No. Okay, thank you for your input. Um, after you know, after Justin Fields and kind of mentioning how we're we're trying not to run him if we can avoid it, we'd love to not have to do that. Uh, that that's gonna that's gonna really point back and put a lot of emphasis on 
um, our running back uh, position and just how valuable that's going to be this year. Master Teague is coming off of what I believe was an Achilles injury uh, last year. So this delayed season has really helped put him into a position where recovery was able to take its time. He's able to rehab correctly. And folks are saying that he's looking terrific now back into midseason form of last year. But kind of the surprise of the offseason or one of the bigger acquisitions that the Buckeyes made was this transfer senior running back from Oklahoma. Buckeyes fans at home are familiar with Oklahoma from a uh, you know home and home as well as uh, similar red jerseys and blockos that they like to steal from us sometimes. But Oklahoma, Trey Sermon, um, he's, a, he's a big back. He's very fast. A lot of times, uh, you know, uh, many folks were a little worried about Master Teague going into this season. You know, with a transfer, you know, the worry would be Teague has kind of paid his dues and it's really his turn to get the rock uh, after being the third between J.K. and Mike Weber a few years ago and then definitely second last year with J.K., even though I believe he racked up on the season about 800 yards and uh, rushing uh, just from being a number two running back. But kind of the plan this year is what I've seen is that Master Teague is more of your, you know, a little bit shorter, thicker between the tackles type of back, and then Trey Sermon's going to try to be cutting it up on the outside. Adam, what does establishing a running game with your running backs do to protect Justin Fields and just lead to success for the offense? First of all, um, I heard on the Ryan Day press conference this week that they they truly believe Master Teague has fully recovered from that injury in the offseason. Actually, before the initial uh, season postponement, they were planning to have him back for the Oregon game uh, as a starter. So hopefully that's true, and I think we'll probably see him as the number one. We'll see how Trey Sermon developed in the program but um, just being able to get a push, that's what they call it, an offensive line that can establish dominance over their defensive uh, partners. It just gets them push forward to get that running back some room, find a hole, make a play. All of that is what plays into opening up the passing game. If you can, if you can assert dominance on the ground, then you can open it up in the air. And I think that's what we're probably going to see against Nebraska. They're, early on, they're going to see what they can do. Can they get a push against this Nebraska defensive line? If they can, I think watch out. All bets are off on how many touchdowns can be scored in those four quarters. But I'm really excited for Saturday. Yeah, and we, you know, we touched on the quarterback position, touched on the running back and the offensive lineman already. But kind of the the tail of the offseason is just how valuable this wide receiver core is. Some folks are saying that it could be one of the most valuable in the country. Um, just looking through the roster, Adam, are there any wide receivers that jump off the page this year you think are going to be able to make uh, an impact, a big impact? I think the two big names that Buckeye fans will remember from previous seasons, one would be Chris Olave. He's now going into his junior season. Uh, his his big impact play to really put put him put himself on the radar for – uh, Buckeye fans was back in 2018. He had a a uh, scoop six off of a blocked punt against uh, that team up north. And since then, he's just been a complete dominating factor on the field. Him and Garrett Wilson as returning starters um, is really exciting. I think any team would be happy to have them only. But uh, we had an insane recruiting class this year. We've got four of the nation's, I want to say, like top 25 wide receivers in the last in the 2020 class. They're all uh, here for their initial season. Uh, I'm seeing on a depth chart here, and this is someone's opinion, but Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably the one that was closest to starting. He played in Texas in high school in one of those leagues. Yeah, you cut out for a second, but yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba, definitely going to be, a, I think, a power player. Um, 
What? Yeah, on the depth charts that I've seen too, they've got him in front of Demario McCall, the goat, uh, who's a redshirt senior. We'll see uh, who's going to get quite a bit of action on Friday. I got to imagine Demario is going to get the call. Demario McCall is going to get the call a couple times this season. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a very interesting group of wide receivers this year. Uh, I will give a, a shout out to uh, 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 G. Scott uh, Jr. Uh, G. Scott Jr. Uh, he's a major, he majors within the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences. He, in the future, is going to be a terrific uh, wide receiver, but in front of him, you have Chris Alave, obviously, who is going to be getting quite a bit of touches uh, there at the Z position. Any other wide receivers? Uh, I, w- one tight end I wanted to touch on, uh, tight end, blah, 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 everybody, you know, Ohio State, right? We don't throw to the tight end. We do sometimes. And this year, we probably have one of the best tight end um, uh, receiving cores that we've ever had. Uh, you know, two seniors who had quite a bit of uh, play on the field time last year, Jake Hausman and Luke Farrell. And then this year, Jeremy Ruckert, who I believe was either the, he was a top five tight end. I, I don't want to say he was number one, but very high rated tight end in his class. He's a junior this year. Look for those folks to be able to take a big step. And then our guy, Adam Cade Stover, who's a redshirted freshman, uh, listed at a tight end. He's been lining up with the defense also this year. Um, hopefully he gets some some meaningful playing time. Um, moving on from that, we're getting into, well, we, we, you, Adam, who do you want to talk about on the defense? Anybody jumps off the page? I think we've got a really good team coming back. Obviously a team frustrated about what could have been last season. Um, obviously we love having Jonathan Cooper back at defensive end and, um, gets to wear the zero this year, gets to wear the block of zero. I, I was going to bring up that, uh, a new new uh, special program Ohio State football program came up with is, is an award given uh, to a player. And if you give me a second, the Bill Willis legacy is what it's supposed to honor, who was actually, I believe, the first African-American to play in the NFL. He played for the uh, – and he wore the – I'm sorry, did I cut out? Yeah, you cut out for a second. You were talking about Bill Willis. Yeah, the, they they gave the they, they the the Award is after Bill Willis, who, and I believe I'm getting this right, he was the first African American player to play in the NFL. He played for the Browns, um, but it's just really cool that Jonathan Cooper gets to wear that jersey. Uh, this is his fifth year of eligibility that he was granted last year. Um, other than that, I would just say the one question mark we have is that defensive tackle. Uh, Ryan, I don't know what, what you've looked into about that, but Haskell Garrett was our starter. I don't believe he's been cleared to play after Who that. He got shot in the face. Yeah, he was shot in the face um, in Columbus uh, several months ago. Uh, he, I know he's recovered, he's healthy, but um, I don't know if he's ready to play, if he's been cleared. Behind him at defensive tackles to Ron Vincent, a guy we've heard quite a bit of buzz about. In the last couple of years, um, you know, that, that is definitely a position of concern. The good news is there's so much depth just on the line, uh, you know, that <laughs> at least that's what Larry um, Johnson had said about, you know, if they do get into a position where they need to load other folks in there, they have bodies and they have talented folks and they have big guys. So, you know, even if they position-wise get down on injuries, hopefully there's, there's folks that are able to kind of fill those gaps in. And then kind of when you break into the value in the defense, right, uh, you see Baron Browning, 
Tough Borland and Pete Warner there on at your uh, on your linebacker core. Um, you know, Tough and Pete, three years of starter experience. Bear Baron uh, starting last year. So people are saying that he's taken as big a step as anybody uh, this year. So they're really excited about the the linebacker core. Kind of on the other side, you know, DBU. It's happening again this year, right? We lost a couple of defensive backs to the to the league last year. We're gonna have to see who's able to step up um, going into this year. There was a uh, I I don't remember what his name is. That's that's bad podcasting. We had a freshman go down this week to an Achilles or a, a, a ACL injury, I believe. Um, who I believe they were hoping that maybe could could see some action this year at safety. But uh, to each his own. We play with the team that we got, and uh, you know, folks are pretty excited about you know it's a lot of fresh names on this defense. A lot of folks, a lot of opportunity for people to step up and uh, and try and make an impact. I'm excited. I, I think this isn't the same defense as last year, obviously with Chase Young and, you know, so many others who went in the first round. Uh, it, it, we lost a lot of great players, but I think uh, there's some real prospects coming up. So it should be interesting to see what comes out on the field. All right, Adam, give us your scouting report of Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. Why, why don't you give me yours first, Ryan? I think that would be for the best. So Ohio State is favored by 26 points going into Saturday. Now, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i an expert on Nebraska. And by expert, I mean I know that they have a quarterback whose last name is Martinez, which is pretty much an evergreen comment when you are talking about Nebraska. Um, the number two to Martinez, I believe it's Adrian Martinez, is a guy by the name of McCaffrey. Yes, that McCaffrey. Uh, definitely the same family. They are, Scott Frost was quoted this week saying that he's, you know, he's actually, it was funny in the press conference today, um, Adrian Martinez goes off and says, yeah, well, you know, he's asked, are you excited to start on Saturday? And he kind of plays it off. He's like, well, you know, know, it's going to be coach's decision. We're not exactly sure, you know, what the depth chart's going to look like. And then Scott Frost comes back later and says, yeah, of course, you know, Adrian's going to be starting on, on Saturday. So, Kind of, kind of funny to see, you know, the different ways that the same questions handled just based on what information has been released. Um, but I do know this week that Ohio State is getting very excited, or not excited. Ohio State's prepping quite a bit for the run. That's been a, an emphasis uh, this week to 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 kind of hone in on stopping the run game. It was a weakness of our pretty prolific pass defense last year. Was sometimes we would let the ball get ran on us quite a bit. It happened against Clemson. That's the reason that we lost that game. Uh, is because we just couldn't stop the ball while it was on the ground against us. Um, so just excited to kind of see what this matchup looks like defensively. Offensively, I think we're going to be seeing quite a bit of points, definitely from the Buckeyes. We'll see, you know, <laughs> on this this kind of fre- this a little fresh defense uh, from Ohio State, what that's going to look like uh, with the points. Do you have anything to add? I would just say, uh, let, us, uh, let us not forget his 2017 national championship with uh, – University of Central Florida, where he went 13 to 0, and then also uh, I don't know if our listeners would know this. Frost was the starting quarterback for Nebraska's 1997 national championship team, where they shared a national title with. Well, those are definitely two pretty key things to keep in mind. I think, especially as you're looking at this game, Adam. The spread is yeah, minus 26. Minus 26. So that means Las Vegas is definitely thinking that the Buckeyes are going to score points. For those of you at home. Minus 26 means if you bet on Ohio State, you, in order to make money, Ohio State has to win by at least 27 points. Adam, what do you think about that spread? I like it a lot. I think that's only seven 
14, 21, 20. Uh, yeah, four touchdowns. I think we'll win by at least five. So I like it a lot. I think it started at 22 and a half, and it's just moved since then because people really like this Ohio State team. Well, it's a great time to get your money down before the first week of uh, football starts and, and Vegas kind of adjust, or maybe they have this one uh, totally right. We will see. Adam, uh, to finish up here, I'm going to take us down the list of Big Ten games for this weekend. I just want you to give me either team, and I'm going to tell you the points, okay? And we're going to do our predictions. I'll give mine after you give yours. Excuse me. To start the Big Ten season, we've got a Friday kick, 8 p.m., Illinois traveling to Nebraska – or Nebraska. Illinois traveling to Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a favorite in this game by negative – by. 23 and a half points. Okay. So, you know, you need Wisconsin to beat them by at least 24 in order to make money. Uh, are you taking Illinois or Wisconsin? I'm taking Wisconsin and I think I'd still be comfortable if it was a 26 point spread. I don't know if the, the gamblers out there know something that I don't, but I think that's a safe bet. I'm with you on that. Illinois is going to be bad this year. Wisconsin is, is looking to put a beat down on somebody just like everybody else is. Uh, I like Wisconsin big on Friday night. Uh, Saturday, the first we, – we actually have the first kick uh, lined up with another noon kick I'll talk about next. Uh, Nebraska traveling to Ohio State. Uh, the line you're getting here on – I believe it was Bovada I pulled these from. Uh, I think it was earlier this week, but you're getting Ohio State minus 21.5. Adam, who you got? All day, Ohio State. This is uh, – I'm kicking myself I didn't get that line. Hopefully that doesn't come to bite me. Oh, didn't get – all right, so you're, you are in on the game. What's the next game? Okay. Uh, another noon kick on Saturday. You've got Rutgers traveling to Michigan State. Michigan State is favored by 11.5 points. Um, this is a different one for me. I'm probably going to go. He cut out. Are you back? This is almost the COVID bowl because both teams had so much issue with uh, – COVID regulations. I'm going to take Rutgers. I'm also taking Rutgers. I like it. Um, then we get into the 3:30 kick. Penn State traveling to Indiana. Indiana is getting seven points, so you can take Indiana with seven, or you got to win by eight with Penn State. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to let you take Indiana on this. I'm going to take Penn State. I think they they win. I'm all yeah. I'll take that. Good split. You get you get Penn State. I'll take the points with Indiana. Uh, another 3.30 kick, Iowa traveling to Purdue. Iowa favored by negative two and a half. I think this is probably the easiest line I've seen. I think Iowa's going to win this one uh, at least by a touchdown. I like it. Iowa too. Everybody knows Jeff Brom is out. He got the Rona, uh, so he won't be coaching on Saturday. Uh, his brother, I believe, is going to be coaching in his place. I like Iowa by a handful of points. Um, then we get into the evening kicks for the Big Ten. Michigan traveling to Minnesota, probably the best game of the weekend as far as a Big Ten matchup goes. Uh, Minnesota actually favored by two and a half. I'm taking Minnesota. Whoa. Yep. I'm going to take Michigan. I'm going to take that team up north. I think that there's been a lot of crap talked about them, and normally they let me down when I bet on them, and if this is the case, so be it. But I'm, I think – I hope they can keep it close and maybe, maybe win one in Minnesota. Uh, last game of the weekend, we've got Maryland traveling to Northwestern. I'm not sure why they got the 7.30 time slot. Um, Northwestern is favored by 11 points. 
I think that's absurd. I'm taking Maryland. I think it's going to be a close game. These are two bad programs. I don't think either one's good enough to run away with anything. I agree. So we split Michigan and Minnesota and Penn State, Indiana, the rest of them. We were the same on. We will check next week to see what these look like. Uh, Adam, any more words for the folks at home? Just that uh, everybody stay safe, be uh, socially distant, stay healthy, uh, especially Ohio State staff and players. I do not want any of these games to be canceled, so that includes all of the other teams on that schedule. Please stay safe, wear a mask, do all the stuff to not get sick. How is corn and soybean harvest going? It's going. Okay. Well, with that, I, I'm Ryan Vonderhaar, your host of the Silver Bullet Saga podcast. Uh, subscribe to us. You can now find us on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, we're going to be hoping to do these episodes once a week for the remainder of the season. It's not that big of a, it's not as big of a commitment as it normally is. So hopefully we're able to stick with it. But until then, thank you for joining us on the Silver, Silver Bullet, Bullet Saga. Saga. Yeah.